Warning, this podcast contains bad words and stories about drugs and sex and overthrowing the government. Proceed with caution. Thank you. And now on to our show. Wake up, brother, we got nothing to do. Let's go outside, just me and you, and build a fort. We'll pack a lunch, won't be home till after dark. Then after dinner, we can sneak back out. You know that high school girl I've been telling you about? Well, she gets undressed about a quarter to nine, and we can watch her do it from the big old pie next door. She got a room on the second floor. Well, looks like another fucked up day in paradise. Hi, Dan Kelly here in fabulous raw video. Uh, Finally installed uh, Magic Lantern on the 5D Mark III. Yes, it's an ancient camera. Yes, I know I'm so behind technologically. But my name is Dan Kelly. Shri Fuji Split. This is still a Daughter of God cast. It's still season four choice. And this is still episode 165 fall, which we've just begun to record right now today for you. Yeah. So why do we strive? Why do we have desire? Desires are like a toolkit, maybe. Desire to eat equals keep the body going. Desire to sleep equals experience integration. And desire to poop equals discard that which is no longer helpful and contribute to the global life support system by fertilizing plants. Did you know that's why you poop? Yeah, that's why. I could keep going with these. I could. Desire to communicate equals experience, rapport, and connection. Desire for friendship equals recognition and play. Are these in Maslow's hierarchy somewhere? I'm too lazy to look that up. What this exercise is about uh, is as we get away from the supposed survival basics, things get more mysterious. Yes, they do. Why do we want to experience rapport or be recognized? What's that about? The equations don't really tell us anything, this equals stuff. Which is good because today I'm curious about the desire to make art, which is about mooring the mystery. It's, it's a complete unknown. Why, why we want to do it? Well, let's go look at it. Why not? Let's take a look. You know, I wrote a story a long time ago about a man who finds himself in the control room of his own mind. It's kind of like that old idea of a little man or woman sitting inside your skull, watching the world out of a periscope and uh, running your body with various levers and pedals. But uh, then who runs that little man or woman? And so on. Anyway, in this story, in my story, the control room has a microphone for the man to speak to the outside world and other obvious affordances to do basic people stuff like walking. But the control room is rather vast and there's controls that he has no clue about. Could those different controls be controls for superpowers? Later on in life, I discovered Wim Hof and free diving and all the latent circuits built into humans, real life superpowers. 
I'm pretty sure we have plenty of other circuits, controls and tools that we don't even know about, let alone what they might be for. Probably our capacity is infinite. Discovering them is the rush. That brings me to art. Not everyone wants to make art, and that's good, that's fine. I know plenty who do, including myself, more than want to. I know people who basically have to make art. Now, you don't have to want to make art. If you don't want to make art, that's fine. I'm just talking about people who do want to make art. And those people who want to make art, sometimes those people, they basically have to make art. A very strong desire, more compelling than the basics like eating and rest. Yeah. The past week I've been in live action production. That's past three weeks, really, which is why I've been so behind on podcasts. My attention has turned. I'm disregarding most everything else except what has to happen cinematically before leaves drop. And they are, they are dropping now, folks, which feels a bit unbalanced, to be honest. I'm leaving a lot of other stuff I kind of like to do on the side, which is why I wonder about this desire to make art. Why is this desire so prominent? This desire transcends my desire for a clean house, for a tuned body, for food, for intimacy, for family, for friends and sleep. I am way beyond pain and discouragement even. For the sake of comprehensive documentation and to fully illustrate the wonder of this desire, here's more. I broke my arm in June and by September, I had been instructed by my doctor to go ahead and live my life. So I started bodyweight exercises. A few weeks ago, I started to experience pain around my collarbone. So I went back in and Hollander took some more x-rays. That's my doctor. And he reported that my collarbone is broken again. The alignment Master Ru had achieved at a distance is gone back in episode whatever that was. I talked all about that. Okay, so the Philadelphia miracle didn't last. Fuck it. I can live with the pain until I've got the scenes I need. A week or so after re-breaking my collarbone, a chronic lower back issue resurfaced. I had been making real progress with various Kriyas in the past years, but without warning, the pain, the pain is back. It's back. So now I've got this fucked up shoulder and aching back. And you know what? Who fucking cares? <laughs> on my first day back, on my first day back on location, I fell twice on my broken shoulder. I fell on my shoulder. <laughs> this is after it was already rebroken, all right? And so now maybe it's a little even more fucked up. Who cares? Who cares? I can carry heavy bags through the forest. I can even wear a big honking backpack full of C-stands. I can do what I have to do. The pain and suffering just isn't relevant. It just, it's just not relevant, okay? Uh, oh, oh, here's another one. On the first day back in production, I accidentally formatted the main camera's memory card. Whatever, whatever. A couple days later, I was on location again, doing it all over redoing the whole thing. Inexorable, that's where that word goes, inexorable. Hey, and by the way, this is not about wanting sympathy. Please pay attention to this part. This is not about wanting sympathy for my pain and suffering or mishaps. 
I wouldn't even be talking about these specifics if I weren't trying to reveal how deep the mystery goes. This is about the power of being taken over by art. I am super allergic to telling people about injuries and mishaps because by and large, most people don't know how to respond proactively. Their words usually suck. So if you send me messages about how you're sorry, I'll know you weren't paying attention. Don't be sympathetic, please. Notice what this episode is really about. I can only imagine that this is what a parent might feel when their kid needs them. Like, when, like Wim Hof or freediving, I'm talking about the movie now, like art. Like Wim Hof or freediving, this passion for creating makes everything else irrelevant, activates fullness, reveals resources. There's certainly a balance to be struck. Yes, I don't want to disregard the rest of my life forever. For now though, this feels incredible. I love experiencing clarity, focus, and flow, being a force of nature. There's so much to notice here, getting a clue from the cosmos. Episode 164 had an audio version of Buffalo Joe and the box scene currently in production. So here's, pr here's a proof of concept for this scene with live action and some rough VFX. This needs, this helps, there we go, this helps to reveal what might need tweaking. I'd really love your feedback What's happening in this scene for you? Please comment either on the Vimeo video or on this very episode of Dog.Movie. The record is an endless loop, but you'll have to keep us wound up. <laughs> oh, laughter. Delicious. Okay, just give me the skinny however you like. What happened? Catch me up. Starting when? There are several chapters. How did you come to be? Recall the mates for the mothers, specifically Jerry, who you found for Christina. Jerry. A gifted sleeper. A problem solver. His research annoyed the clique. Uh, they amped up his contrast. Made him sick. He still had plenty enough mojo to knock a Christina. Weeks before Christina arrived, he had been attempting to hack the Mediatronic Ubiquity, the boxes. Ah, uh, the clique wouldn't have liked that. Their surveillance network. Your surveillance network, as most of the clique were rubbed out. Briefly, yes, to deploy the mothers. Afterwards, I threw away my clique gear. I gave up root on the Mediatronic Ubiquity. No more spying or being spied upon. From then on, I steered clear of the boxes. A distributed AI running on the Mediatronic surface of billions of relief boxes gathered by the survivors. Modelled after Earth's own neural web, the fungal mycelium, which not only connects forests, but spans oceans and even stretches into the upper reaches of the atmosphere. I think I know where this is going. Jerry had a breakthrough? He observed that if the Mediatronic surface was damaged, the exposed hemp board might be colonised by fungus. This seemed to cause the Mediatronics to behave... strangely. That's episode 165, Fall, Season 4 Choice, The Daughter of Godcast. This is catch-up from last week, no, two weeks ago, ladies and gentlemen. 
I'm guessing this week's episode is gonna run a little late though. Yeah, no time for a double. Yes, we're doing a triple now. Those leaves are starting to fall. Pretty neat that this season is a verb, right? Things fall in winter too, like snow and ice and regular old rain in spring and summer, but we don't call winter, spring, or summer fall, do we? Fall is the only season with two names, at least in American English. In spring, plants sprout and bloom, but we don't call spring either of those. And in summer, everything just grows, but grow is not another name for summer, is it? No, no. In spring, plants sprout and bloom, but we don't call spring either of those. And in summer, everything just grows, but grow is not another name for summer, is it? No, no. What's so special about autumn that it's got these two names? I wonder.